Welcome to another episode of The Pod. Today, I'll cover some of the major headlines of the week that include my first foray into pop culture on this pod and the latest on the Surfside tragedy. Stay tuned. It is a new month and we are definitely experiencing summer at full blast. This past week, the Pacific Northwest experienced a heat wave like never before, with temperatures reaching over 110 degrees in some areas. Unfortunately, the heat wave caused the deaths of at least 100 people in the region. It could even go up higher than that. Global warming has increased baseline temperatures by at least 2 degrees on average since the 1900s, according to a New York Times article. In Canada, British Columbia saw temperatures in the 120 range. Weather like this is becoming more and more common. Climate is not changing. Climate has already changed. This will become the new normal to our detriment. We've seen more and more wildfires, crazy and expanded hurricane seasons, and extreme temperatures in regions that are not accustomed to them. This reality can no longer be ignored. Just this past February, in my own state of Texas, we experienced extreme temperatures um, with our winter storm that really devastated a lot of the state. Um, The freezing temperatures, the power outages, uh, people dying of carbon monoxide, dying of the cold itself, so many different issues that arise from that event could have been prevented, um, but unfortunately, we had to go through such a crazy situation, and our government was not prepared for it. Um, We we definitely had so many different issues, and um, I, I can't even imagine um, what uh, these people in the in the Pacific Northwest must be, you know, or must have been feeling, as it's been reported that some of them don't even have AC units because, well, the temperature never gets to be at a certain, you know, um, high level like it recently was, um, and because of that, some people were, you know, found dead in their homes, and this is all just. A continuation of, of the different things we've seen throughout the years. The fact is more and more things like this will keep occurring. You will see extreme temperatures. Um, and, and then there's also the fact that we are, um, I believe we are already in our hurricane season, um, considering that there are also tropical storms that are forming and just different, um, different things that uh, are becoming just a constant now. And it's very sad that we have not done more to help with um with climate change and i know that you know the biden administration has been able to get us back into the paris climate accord um that the previous administration had removed us from but even at that i believe more should be done um this affects us in so many different ways and in many different aspects of just the overall government um and and that's just basically there's there's no way to ignore that anymore if you look outside and just you know notice how things have just vastly changed over time um and and how 
our, our trees, you know, are, are taking forever to um, become green again after the fall or the winter or how sometimes they, you know, start to lose their leaves a lot quicker and all these different things that are you may not notice, you may not realize, but the acceleration of our seasons and how things have like really shifted is also a part of that. It's things that you may not notice on a day-to-day basis but these things are happening all around us and we are creating a cycle as well that endangers us even more because um here in in texas um very early on in into the summer um we were told to conserve energy and and to raise the temperature of our ac units and things like that because the grid can't handle it well the grid couldn't handle the winter temperatures that we experienced several months ago and now we're having to deal with this situation the cycle is is that we are creating more and more of um, the pollution output because of the fact that we are staying inside because it's too hot outside and we're turning our temperatures lower instead of um, conserving, which is understandable. I mean, this heat is unbearable sometimes. And um, and so because of that, we're putting more strain on the grid and the grid is, is having to utilize more energy, which is, you know, putting more pollutants in the air and that's creating unbreathable air in certain instances um as our state experienced uh just a few weeks ago we had um we had horrible air quality and i myself experienced breathing problems because of that so it's something that um we have to we have to really consider this is not this is not going anywhere this is not (laughs) turning back um and and the fact of the matter is climate change should be treated as a global crisis that it is just as we handled or are handling the global pandemic due to the coronavirus we should be taking climate change as seriously millions of people around the world have already been displaced because their homes are no longer viable their homes are no longer able to to be lived in due to just the ravaging of climate change um and so in it's just something that i i think we have to really um step up and and take into account because who knows how much worse things are going to get honestly um and in other news the former white house occupant who was basically a climate change denier um he visited our southern border this week at the invitation of the texas governor the visit was just for show nothing constructive really came of it um Trump continued his his big lie about the election um, and Governor Abbott continued his crusade to stay up Trump's rear and appeal to his base. Abbott is taking his cue from Trump with his own attempt at a border wall. Now, I'm not going to get into details right now about the border crisis because I am still in the process of researching some more to really give you guys a full episode on what's going on to have just more of a broader explanation on that. But the fact is, yes, there is a crisis at the border. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And 
a lot of it does seem to have to do with the fact that we have a new administration. Um, there is blame to be had on both the previous administration and the current administration. But the fact is that border crossings, migrants at the borders, were actually, the numbers were lower during the previous administration. That is a reality. But it is not due to a border wall. As we know, Trump never completed that border wall. It was just his very harsh policies that kind of staved off the flow. Um, and so now there is an issue, but the issue is, is not going to be addressed with a wall. It's, this is just basically some sort of a, a, a metaphor that um, Abbott is now continuing uh, from the Trump administration to appeal to Trump's base because chances are Abbott is either going to try to run for president, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, in the 2024 ticket, or he's trying to also and or actually he's trying to shore up his chances of re-election for next year, um, which I think is probably most likely is because that is the most upcoming election. Um, but the, the border wall is pointless. It, it's not it's not really going to do anything. And unfortunately, he's using money, um, at Governor Abbott is, is using money that was sent to the state um, to deal with the pandemic. He's taking money away from that to put into this border wall. And he initially um, tried to say that uh, this money was going to be given to the c different counties that were requesting it in the southern um, region of the state. And now he's made it so that counties can opt out of that. Uh, but you have Galveston County, which is 400 miles away from the actual Texas and Mexico border, claiming they're experiencing some sort of border crisis just so that they can get some of that money. That's ridiculous. 400 miles away, Galveston is not experiencing a border crisis. And this is where we end up having those same mis and misinformation or disinformation campaigns that I discussed last week. We are we're seeing these these news stories come up about counties such as Galveston um, claiming these issues that aren't real. As I mentioned earlier, yes, there is a crisis at the border. But our whole state is not experiencing a border crisis. Um, and, and so that's, that's just another um, detrimental aspect of what these Republicans in particular are doing to essentially continue the fear mongering that comes with border crossings, that come with migrants, that come with uh, people seeking asylum and refugees and things like that. Um, it's unfortunate, but that is basically what they're what they're going with uh at this time um and on the other uh side of things the other major um news that has been going on since last week with the Surfside tragedy um so far there are 18 um people that have died or uh, bodies that have been found and still over 130 people missing. Um, rescue workers have been working around the clock to try to do what they can to try to find someone, anyone. Um, and of course, as time continues, we are a week past 
um, the tragedy occurring, um, the hopes are starting to to vanish. President Biden went to the site along with First Lady Dr. Joe Biden yesterday and met with um, some of the the families um, of the Surfside Christ, uh, tragedy. I'm sorry, and um, and tried to do what they could uh, to just be there for the people. Uh, they also met with uh, the governor of Florida, DeSantis, and the mayor um, of Miami-Dade um, to basically let them know the federal government is there for them and will help in, in any capacity. I've read and heard of different um, issues that have arised from certain um basically red tape within the state itself um and and i'm not you know 100 percent sure on those things so i don't want to comment on them what i do um want to say is the same as last week that i'm you know praying for for them and and hoping that you know some kind of miracle can happen and also hoping that you know real change in regulations and and, and um, codes and things like that are, are updated and things are done better because something like this should have never happened. And, and that's, that's another reality that um, we, we definitely have to face. If you are an older millennial, then you know exactly who Britney Spears is. And Britney Spears, to a lot of us, um, was someone that we looked up to in our teenage years. She was a huge, huge pop star, one of the biggest um, of her time in the late 1990s and the early 2000s. She um, heralded an era of, of these teeny bobber um blonde blue-eyed basically pop stars um that um sang and danced and did all of these you know amazing music videos that we all watched and um you know learned choreography for this is all of course before tiktok and um you know everyone wanted to be like her she was she was someone that we all believed you know was incredibly fortunate in her life um but uh, with most things in life, as you get older, you start to see the reality of things. And if you know who Britney Spears is, then you also know the things that she went through in the uh, mid to late 2000s, um, in which she had declining um, declining health and in, in, in not just a mental capacity, but different issues in her life when it came to her very quick marriage and divorce subsequent divorce um and just losing custody of her children and supposed addiction battles um rehab stints things like that that all eventually led to a uh, conservatorship um that her her father um brought on and a conservatorship is basically um like a guardianship taking over a uh a person's financial, um, financial finances and, and taking over, um, their healthcare, taking over just anything that has to do with, with their 
with their well-being um and that conservatorship was granted in 2008 and it gave her dad the authority over her personal life and over her finances um so for 13 years she has been under this conservatorship um now it is my understanding from different things that i've read this isn't standard as far as the length of time for someone who's was so young at the time and who is still relatively you know young um and who doesn't have any real mental um uh, mental like uh disabilities in the sense of she's got any kind of learning disabilities or um or, or any kind of um developmental issues things like that um and the reason i bring this topic up considering this is a political government uh, type um, podcast is because um, we all or most of us may have heard Miss um, Spears testimony that leaked um, a, a couple of days ago in which she petitioned the court to end a conservatorship and gave uh, I believe a 20 minute um, testimonial on what she has experienced over these last several years under the conservatorship and the horrible treatment that she's been given not just from the the attorneys and and other people involved in the conservatorship but primarily her family her father um and as disheartening as all of that was to listen to um the the different articles i've read subsequently have stated that it it's not uncommon in basically the conservatorship realm um it's it's definitely been something that has made uh, or has been an issue for a lot of people with disabilities who've had to be put in conservatorships um and so with her emotional testimony in which she detailed how controlled her life is it caused senators elizabeth warren and senator bob casey um, to want more federal oversight over the country's guardianship system um they're they're asking the department of health and human services and the department of justice to provide information about data uh, the agencies collect on the prevalence of guardianship in the u.s um, and any efforts agencies have made to protect people under guardianship in ways congress can improve federal collection of guardianship data. Uh, This is all from an article that the Times published um, just yesterday. And um, this is basically uh, something that is supposed to help um, and and try to uh, see how things can be possibly overhauled um, due to the various concerns um, regarding this uh, sort of uh, guardianship. um, And the fact is also that i mean the states themselves are the ones who set the rules when it comes to conservatorships um, or guardianships uh so there isn't as much data as um you know they would like for there to be but the fact of the matter is at least now this is being looked at more seriously um and and they're going to try to you know see how to um basically uh, understand gaps and abuses in the system and find ways to address them um, because well I mean there's been several issues um, with with all of this and it, it is 
quite unfortunate that it took, you know, a celebrity um, bringing this to light for there to be such a um, such a move by uh, these senators. But uh, here we are. And, and so at least at the very least, um, this is what um, it, where we are and where we're going to be headed is, is trying to find um, a solution for for all of this. And um, uh, I would suggest um, to maybe get kind of like a glimpse of how all of this kind of has become an issue in the country and how some people have taken advantage of it. Um, there's a movie on Netflix called I Care A Lot, and it exposes how predatory um, conservatorships can be. And it, it was... It was definitely an eye-opening um, movie. It's not based on any true story per se, but like I said, it, it does really uh, give you a sense of the fact that there are people who are exploiting other people that are, are disabled or, or are elderly or um, who are needing you know, some sort of help and they're being exploited, mon- their money basically being stolen and and uh so many different things that are just um, occurring to these people because of the fact that the first course of action for most of the courts now is just to go towards conservatorship versus finding another solution conservatorship is supposed to be supposedly last resort but it is being handled as just let's go there first um and and it is a this movie just basically um, gives you this insight and in, into a world that it just, it's very sad. Um, the the movie's a pretty good movie, um, but it definitely did um, make me realize just how crazy uh, some things are and how much certain people take advantage of others and how our judicial system basically allows it. I definitely suggest um, and recommend that uh, you guys take a look at that movie um, and just, it basically will help you understand, um, you know, what Miss Spears kind of detailed herself um, with her being, you know, like I mentioned earlier, someone so young at the time that it happened and, and to still be in it, it it's it's pretty crazy. And, um, and so... I mean, hopefully her, her conservatorship gets removed recently, but it was just yesterday, I believe, where the judge denied removing her father from the conservatorship. So there may be things we don't know. Obviously, we, we've only heard her side, which did take a long time to, to hear, um, but there's got to be something else going on, and hopefully that comes to light as well. And, um, and the last thing I'll, I'll say on that is that the free Britney movement, the hashtag free Britney movement, um, definitely has, uh, been a a driving force in all of this. And, and I think that just basically is a, um, is a show of the fact that people caring for other people, people trying to make a difference actually does work. And it does, um, provide some sort of, of, um, I guess like a a hopeful feeling um just seeing the fact that like she has these ardent supporters despite however long you know it's been since she um was this huge pop icon um but she's had these followers these fans that have stuck by her for so long um and have 
had noticed that she wasn't really free and have, you know, rallied around her. Even when she pretended that she was okay, they, they still stood by her and tried to, um, you know, do, do what was needed for her. I'd, I'd seen people standing outside of, of the courts and, and protesting and, you know, chanting free Britney. And so I, I think that's definitely, um, it's definitely an, an interesting uh, thing to witness. And I I am standing in solidarity with all of the Free Britney um, people and, and hope that, you know, she can find the uh, the freedom that she deserves, just like, you know, we all do. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you all have a great weekend. And for those that celebrate, have a happy 4th of July. Um, I don't celebrate that holiday. I haven't for a few years. Um, but that's a story for a different time. And uh, But yeah, so for, for you all that do, I hope you all um, have a great time and stay safe. It, it's pretty crazy still out there now with everyone being outside um but uh, again thank you all for listening and if you uh, have any questions comments suggestions please uh reach out at um on my socials uh, my instagram is at the simple politics and my twitter is at the simple poly thank you guys and have a great weekend